Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, thank you to Gary Hamilton and Diane McLeod, both of whom donated to the podcast this past week. If you donate to the podcast, I'll thank you on the air and throughout my social media. And I have another podcast, Canadian History X, and I do all of this podcasting full-time, so every dollar you give helps keep it all going, and I truly appreciate it. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And if you're looking to promote anything, please let me know. I have very competitive ad rates, and I reach thousands of people with every single episode. There are many unique aspects to the life of Deborah Gray. She was the first Reform MP, she hired an assistant named Stephen Harper, and she would go on to become the first female leader of the official opposition. We will get to all of that, of course, but we need to start at the beginning, which comes on Canada Day 1952. It was on July 1st, 1952, that Deborah Gray was born in Vancouver. Gray was born into a political family, her great-uncle, Byron Johnson Ascom, was the Premier of British Columbia from 1947 to 1952, and her great-grandfather, Edward Turner Applewaite, was a Liberal MP in his later life from 1949 to 1952. She would find her way to Trinity Western College and then to the University of Alberta where she studied sociology, English, and education. Following her graduation, she would work as a teacher in several rural Alberta communities throughout the late 1970s and 1980s, until her career took a very different turn in 1988 and 1989. She would run for federal office in the 1988 federal election as a reform candidate in Beaver River, a riding in northeastern Alberta. On why she chose to run, she would state, quote, I believed I could achieve things for the country in politics if we could change the way politics is done in the country, end quote. In that first election race, she would place fourth with 4,150 votes, nearly 10,000 behind the progressive conservative winner, John Dahmer. That may have been the end of her political ambitions, but only five days after Dahmer won the election, he died suddenly from cancer, which had been discovered only one month previous. As a result of his death, Dahmer holds the record for the shortest term as a federal member of parliament in Canadian history. Only a few months later, on March 13, 1989, Deborah Gray would put her name in for the by-election race, and she would win, gaining 7,000 votes from her previous total in 1988 and earning 48% of the vote and 5,000 more votes than her progressive conservative challenger, Dave Broda. Broda would say, quote, We will win in four years. I know the Reform Party will not be here in four years' time. End quote. He would be wrong. I guess there are going to be some analysts, and you may have already heard from them that We'll tell you that winning a by-election is, uh, uh, is not like winning a general election. It's like the Flames beating the Oilers in the regular season. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got to do it in, in the playoffs. Well, that's right, but uh, this is our first uh, seat in the House of Commons, and, of course, with Preston Manning as our leader, that gives our party a great deal of credibility, and the election in 92 is coming, and we are, are looking forward to having more MPs down there. In her second campaign, Gray had a lot of support, including from high school students who couldn't vote, but helped on the campaign. One campaign worker would say, quote, She's a combination of Anne Murray and Margaret Thatcher, end quote. Her political career on the federal level had begun, and her win was notable for two reasons. 
First, she became the first Reform Member of Parliament, a party that only formed two years previous. She would say, quote, Alberta is now just like a popcorn machine. With the first Reform victory, it started to pop, end quote. As well, her win over a progressive conservative candidate was only the second time since 1968 that a member of that party had lost a seat in Alberta. Gray would later say, quote, My life turned upside down in one night. It was just amazing, never to be the same again. End quote. On April 3, 1989, when she took her seat in Parliament for the first time, she received a respectful standing ovation from the rest of the House of Commons. She would say of that day, quote, I'm not going to stand up and scream and holler in the House. We'll take it slowly and speak up strongly and firmly on what's important to the man in the street. End quote. Due to the fact that the Reform Party did not have enough seats to be recognized as an official party in the House of Commons, Gray technically sat as an independent in Parliament for her first four years. With her win and her seat in Parliament, Gray was named the Deputy Leader of the Reform Party by Party Leader Preston Manning. She and Manning were close friends and she would call him Mr. Brainola as a nickname. Upon becoming a Member of Parliament, Gray hired her first legislative assistant, a young man named Stephen Harper, who of course would go on to become the leader of the party that was created from the Reform Party and eventually become the Prime Minister of Canada. So Mr. Harper was your first legislative assistant when you joined Parliament back in 89. What was that yeah, early Stephen it, Harper like in those days? It, it, you know, that seems about 100 years ago. I got elected, made Canadian history March 13th, 1989. Had no idea what I was going to do. I won the by-election, of course. No idea what I was doing. But I managed to find two excellent staff members uh, to do the office managing and correspondence. Linda Robar and Jenny Kelsall down there, but I needed someone who was a, a legislative assistant, a smart uh, political person who knew the ropes in Ottawa as well as the political lay of the land. And uh, Stephen, or Stephen had been our chief policy advisor for the Reform Party at the beginning. And Preston Mann begged him to come down and work for me, but uh, he was in the middle of his master's degree in economics and he said, I'm not leaving in the middle of school. I can't do this. I want to finish up. Mm -hmm. And Preston said, look, she doesn't have a clue what she's doing and uh, and we need someone who's going to be a beachhead down there so basically we, we need some brains and so um, Stephen said I will take one year and come down there and help her and I'll tell you that was just fabulous for me because I don't think whether they like or dislike Stephen Harper whether they respect everybody knows he is smart mm. and uh, and I got to be one of the people that saw it more than anyone else in the country because he just he helped me get my feet on the ground and get some legislative uh, bracing, and so uh, we go way way back. And I just I couldn't be more proud of the job he's done as our PM, and send him a great big hug today to say, yeah, this next chapter, guess what? There is life after politics, mm. and you'll do a great job. For her first eighteen months, Gray was mostly alone in Ottawa. But as the party began to grow in popularity, more and more reform members started working out of the capital city. Gray would say, quote. At first, we were mere curiosities lost on the hill, but now our lunches together seem to be a political statement. We have arrived. End quote. Gray, due to her higher profile, would travel the country extensively to promote the Reform Party, and Manning would say of her travels, quote, There is no need for Deborah to yip yip in the House of Commons. End quote. As a member of Parliament, Gray was noted for opposing deficit spending by governments and for enforced bilingualism unless there was enough French-speaking people in a region to justify it. She was also heavily opposed to GST, against abortion, and for capital punishment. She would describe herself as a battler for what she believes in. 
One progressive conservative MP would say, quote, Deborah's down to earth and at times makes some of my seatmates from the West wince. She says things we all know are popular back home. End quote. Gray quickly found that many friends and supporters started coming up to her looking for things, and she would say, quote, I had people sidling up to me saying, Hey, Deb, what about a job for my wife or son or daughter? I had to say, Hey, buddy, forget it. Favors for pals are the kind of stuff we came to Ottawa to eliminate, not perpetuate. End quote. On August 7, 1993, Gray married Louis Larson. And the couple have no children together, but through children from Larson's first marriage, they did become grandparents together. By the time the next election rolled around, Gray was known as the Iron Lady of the Reform Party, and she was excited for the future of the party, stating, quote, The East really wants in, and that means that the East and West are now together. Certainly, I won't be lonely any longer down there in the House of Commons. End quote. She was very right. On October 25, 1993, Gray won her first official federal election when the Reform Party picked up 52 seats in one of the most important elections in Canadian history. She would easily win her riding, this time with 17,000 votes, 10,000 more than her second-place Liberal challenger. With a much larger Reform Caucus now, she became not only the deputy leader again, but also the chairperson of the caucus. In 1997, her riding of Beaver River was abolished and the territory was split into two. Gray was asked by several local conservatives who were unhappy with the Liberal MP, John Loney, to run in Edmonton North. Loney was very popular in the riding, but he retired just before the election and Gray won the riding easily. During her time in Parliament, Gray was known for assigning nicknames to other MPs. She would call Prime Minister Jean Chrétien the Shawinigan Strangler in reference to the Shawinigan Handshake from 1995, while Paul Martin was Captain Whirlybird. It was said that Gray was one of the few politicians Chrétien truly did not like. She could also let loose a good one-liner on occasion. At one point, she said to Chrétien in the House of Commons, quote, Why can't the Prime Minister just swallow his pride, spit out his foot, and say he's sorry? End quote. She was also noted for her love of Harley-Davidson motorcycles, which she had ridden for decades, and she was often seen in Ottawa on her motorbike during her time in Parliament. She would say later in life that motorbikes and strategic thinking are often similar, stating, quote, Because I'm a biker and because I love roads and I give speeches on strategic thinking, I've realized that it's always about the people and the detours. You always have to have a plan and you always have to have a roadmap. And there are always detours in life. And that is what it all boils down to is people. And that is basically what politics is all about. People and making sure their lives are better in Canada, end quote. In the 1997 election, the Reform Party became the official opposition and the profile of Gray was beginning to rise, but change was on the horizon. This would be the last election for the Reform Party, only 10 years after it had been created. In 2000, the Reform Party became the Canadian Alliance thanks to a merger between the Reform and some members of the Progressive Conservatives. Manning would step down as leader of the opposition to run for the leadership of the Canadian Alliance. With that resignation, Gray was appointed as the interim leader of the party and she became the first female leader of the official opposition on March 27, 2000. She would hold the position of opposition leader until July 8, 2000, when she was replaced by Stockwell Day, who had defeated Preston Manning in the leadership race. When asked if she would move to the official residence, she stated she had no desire to do so, adding, quote, Didn't have any last week, don't have any this week. I'll be over there hosting the odd official function, but I have a bed in this town, so I'll stay there, end quote. Upon becoming leader, Day appointed Gray as deputy leader and caucus chairperson once again. But Gray did not like Day. 
and on April 24, 2001, she resigned from both posts in protest of his leadership after seeing him attack his staffers after he made a political gaffe. Gray, leaving her post, gave credibility to others who were against Day. MP Bob Mills would say of her, quote, She's our den mother, and when your den mother does something dramatic, you take that into consideration. End quote. Gray would say of the resignation, quote, I said to Stock, I do not want to watch this Canadian Alliance ship go down. There is a pretty powerful frustration in malaise out there for sure. End quote. Day would say, quote, I think she just got in over her head. It wasn't really her fault and I forgive her for her decision, end quote. It should be noted at this point, Gray had much more experience in the Federal House of Commons than Day, so I doubt she was getting in over her head. Gray, in her usual style, was not having any of that, stating, quote, I think you know me well enough that it would be a bit of a stretch to assume that I'm some weak, lily-livered person that lets herself get led astray and is easily manipulated, end quote. In July of that year, she then quit the Canadian Alliance and joined 10 other Alliance members of Parliament who quit the party to form the Independent Alliance Caucus. With Gray, this small alliance of MPs was given credibility. Day would offer the Independent MPs amnesty, but Gray and six others turned it down and formed the Democratic Representative Caucus with Gray as the deputy leader. In April 2002, her former assistant, Stephen Harper, would defeat Stockwell Day to become the Alliance leader, and Gray rejoined the party. When the Canadian Alliance and Progressive Conservatives merged to become the Conservative Party of Canada, Gray was appointed as the co-chair. But in 2004, Gray's writing was abolished and she chose to retire from politics rather than attempt a nomination in another. Her last day as an MP was June 28, 2004, which ended her 15-year run that saw the party she joined change immensely. Well, I guess I knew it would happen eventually. I just didn't think that it would happen so soon. Deborah Gray has announced she is retiring from federal politics. The Iron Lady of the Conservative Movement will not be sitting in the House of Commons any longer. I'm in Edmonton because, quite frankly, I'm not prepared to see her slip away from the national spotlight or slip away from me. Deb. You're late. I was nervous. You ought to be. Let's go. So now this is Anne McClellan's ride. This is Rand McClellan's ride, West Edmonton Mall. The Deputy Prime Minister, a Liberal in a sea of Conservatives. Now, she didn't do that well out here in 93. She won by 11 votes. That's, well, that's not too bad. Well, you know, if you're running for grade six class president, that would be considered a landslide. When I read that you were retiring, I, I said, say it isn't so, Deb. Why would you retire? I've had 15 years in Parliament. And Has it's it been, been that it's long? It's been 15 years. You were the very first member of the Reform Party to ever sit in the House of Commons. It's pretty special. Stephen Harper was your legislative assistant. He was there one was of the... Deb up in Ottawa, and he was your legislative assistant. Hired him. Making coffee and stuff like that? Oh, he makes good coffee. Does he? What kind of boss were you? You want to slap and tickle, boss. No, not a slap and tickle, you boss. Well, I'll tell you this, I did get my lipstick on straighter than he did, so there you are. How did you find the last couple of years having to deal with Stockwell? Well, we had some, that was, we had that some rough times. was a pretty rough yeah. relationship. It was, uh, it was a very rough You made rough up time. now? Uh, sure. Right. He's our foreign affairs critic. He's running again. Right. And uh, I wish them all well. <laughs> Over and out. See you around. Good luck You're to you You're not very all. good at that. <laughs> what do you think of Paul Martin, Deb? Pleasant, speaks both official languages well. 
and uh, I think he knew exactly what was going on in the scandal. And if he didn't know, then shame on him because he ought to know. Then are you saying when he says he had no idea, are you saying that he was lying? I think his nose might be growing. Yes, I do. We're going to miss you, Deb. Oh, See, you'd Deb. say that. You come back and go on the carousel with me. Sure, but we're going to miss you. Here we go. Edmonton is fun. It is fun. <laughs> You're breaking the rules. <laughs> what else is new? Thanks for the date, Deb. Anytime, Rick. Come back to Alberta sometime. We have beef here. You bet. Upon her retirement, she began to collect a pension through the MP pension plan. This caused some to criticize her because for years she refused to join the MP pension plan and she called those who did MP porkers for feeding at the public trough. When she brought her way back into the pension plan, former Prime Minister Joe Clark called her the High Priestess of Hypocrisy. And while she had retired from active politics, Gray still did what she could to help the party. During the 2006 election, she was the Western chairperson of the Conservative campaign that saw Harper become the Prime Minister of Canada. After she retired, Gray wrote her autobiography, Never Retreat, Never Explain, Never Apologize, My Life and My Politics. In 2007, she was awarded the Order of Canada. On April 22, 2013, she was appointed to the Security Intelligence Review Committee and made a privy counselor by Stephen Harper, and with that appointment, she was awarded the title of The Honourable. And on May 1, 2015, she would step down from that committee. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Deborah Gray. Next week, we're looking at Stockwell Day. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Maclean's eno.ca, The Governor General of Canada, Wikipedia, Edmonton Journal, Ottawa Citizen, National Post, Montreal Gazette, Calgary Herald, and The Rick Mercer Report. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.